episode 826. Our position-by-position preview series continues with the Green Bay Packers secondary. We'll talk defensive backs with Charlie Trichler of SnowTapWI.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and today we're talking about the Packers secondary. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to Charlie Trichler of SnowTapWI.com. Charlie, how are you this morning? Hey, Brian. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Happy to be on. Thanks for joining us on the show. And to start things off, Charlie, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and your website? Sure thing. Uh, I've been blogging since about 2007. I was still in high school at the time. I've went through a couple iterations of SnowTap. This is its third one. Uh, really covering all of the Wisconsin sports as well, along with the Packers, and then a few national things when it piques my interest, and a few pop culture, Milwaukee and Wisconsin-related subjects as well. So, big fan of the show. Happy to be on today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we got a lot to talk about the Packers secondary today, and let's start things with. I think uh, Packers Nation is divided over whether top draft pick Kevin King should be ready to contribute week one or kind of take a back seat to the veterans in the early going. Charlie, where do you fall on this spectrum? I, I kind of fall right in that middle. I think Kevin King is going to help, but it'll be more in, in limited roles. It'll be sort of around the red zone and where he can kind of be a playmaker and have those opportunities to sort of flourish in limited limited opportunities. I think I think the Packers would prefer him to have sort of this, you know, dynamic role that isn't exactly just being this everyday guy right off the bat. I think there is a process that they want to use for him sort of in that development role. Yeah, I I, I think that's probably the case as well. And, and Kevin King, that he's going to take some time to develop in that he missed a lot of the offseason program. And, you know, he's going to need that time during training camp to kind of find his spot in the Packers defense and and, and learn the NFL schemes and systems. But uh, another guy uh, the Packers added this offseason, Charlie, do you think free agent signee Devon House is just a placeholder for King or, or is that label not doing him justice? I don't think it's doing him justice. Now, granted, I might be a little biased. I was I had a hashtag for a while, the Devon House fan club, and considered <laughs> myself the president. So um, I loved I loved the way he played when he was here, and I thought that there was a he always had a role in that team and really provides a, a vet, more of a veteran presence to that corner groups, especially, and then also has the ability to be an outside corner that Green Bay sort of lacked last year and would have those big blow-up games and can play with the most physical receivers in the league. Yeah, it'll be nice to have another bigger, taller corner in the Packers secondary again this year with House back uh, for his second go-around with the Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, Charlie, Demarius Randall was one of the top stories of the offseason program as he kicked inside to one of the slot cornerback positions. Do you think he's going to excel in that role this year? I really do. I mean, it is cliche to say that he's kind of the defensive version of Devontae Adams, and I know that that's something that is sort of this this comment that's been made, but it really is true. It seemed like he played out of position and he was not ready for that moment. And, you know, even in a limited sample size, pro football focus, you know, he was had a pass rating of 61 and 66 in the slot. So, and it was limited snaps. It was 13 and 15, but he's at least shown a capability to really be able to handle that slot position. And I do think that this is going to, you know, develop him and make him into the first round pick that we all expect him to be. I certainly hope that's the case with uh, Demarius Randall. I think most people do as a former first round draft pick. Um, Ladarius Gunter, what what are your feelings on Gunter, who on one hand might have been the Packers' best cornerback last season, but maybe that wasn't saying so much, uh, being the best of such a poor group in 2016. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's just a role player. I don't necessarily think he's a guy that the Packers can rely on, not, you know, game in and game out. I think he has a role, but he might just be a role player, and that's it. You know. I, his lack of speed is a real issue, especially in today's NFL. And you can't leave the guy on an island for too long. He always needs to seem to have that coverage or he's going to get burned. As we've seen, while being consistent, there were times where it just he got burned. And that was just due to the fact that he athleticism at the, the you know, the core of it. Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew what to say about Ladarius Gunter. I'm kind of uh, stumped about him a little bit as well because, you know, I think he's exceeded expectations as an undrafted rookie. But then again, uh, he really hasn't, li- you know, played all that well at certain times against some of the better receivers he's gone up against. Um, Quentin Rollins, uh, do you think Rollins has what it takes to rebound from a less than stellar season last year? Yeah, I I think, you know, you have to wonder, you know, like Randall, you know, he was, he played, he needs to find himself. He just had this season where he gave his passer rating against him was 133, gave up seven touchdowns. And you wonder if Rollins' limited role as a, you know, he didn't play a ton of college football, and you just wonder if it was too much too soon for him. Now, he, like Gunter, could just be a guy, which would be disappointing as a second-round pick, but I think it's, it's the story's not been told yet. It has to, we have to see if that, you know, having more, you know, House and, you know, Kevin King and having more of a, a secondary will help Rollins or if he's just, if this is just who he is. We're talking to Charlie Trichler of SnowTapWI.com here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning, transitioning from the cornerback position to the safeties here. Charlie, how much room does HaHa Clinton Dix have left to improve after being named to his first Pro Bowl last year? You know, honestly, the sky's the limit. I mean, he's Green Bay's best or second best defender next to Mike Daniels. I mean, that's a debate for another time, Brian, but you know, he does it all. He's a run stopper. He's great in coverage. I mean, you know, safety is winning, you know, something like a defensive player a year is not common, but he has the skill set. He has the ability where he could be considered among the elite. And if the Packers secondary as a whole, it gets better, which I think it will. 
I think he's going to be the story on a national level of sort of leading that leading that secondary. I think he has that potential, and uh, I think he he does have another step to take. And if if he does take that step, he will be kind of mentioned among the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, Charlie, uh, Morgan Burnett now, do you think we're looking at Burnett's swan song as a player whose contract expires after this season? Definitely could be. I mean, I think in a lot of points of last year, he was the glue that held that secondary together. He sort of did whatever Dom Capers and the Packers coaches sort of asked him to do. You know, he played that hybrid role, I believe, against Houston when the Packers were so low against with linebackers and, and did a fine job at it. But you look at it and you see, okay, Aaron Rodgers needs a new deal. Devontae Adams needs a deal. Haha Clinton Dix needs a deal. So is Burnett the odd man out just because the money is not going to be there for him? Finally, before we let you go, Charlie, uh, much was made of second-round draft pick Josh Jones playing that hybrid type of linebacker position you alluded to before uh, that he played you know, during the offseason program here. Uh, but how much do you think we'll see of Jones play as a true safety in 2017? Barring injury, not much. I think he is going to play that role similar to what you see from Dion Buchanan from the Arizona Cardinals, that rover position where it's half linebacker, it's half safety. I think he's going to excel in it. I actually think Jones may have more of an impact than Kevin King over the course of the season just because there's going to be a little more opportunity for him to really shine with his big hitting ability. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see an exciting training camp coming up for the Green Bay Packers. Charlie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning, preview the Packers secondary a little bit here. Um, we're going to send our listeners your way to snowtapwi.com, and best of luck uh, with the website. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. Have a, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Charlie Trichler of snowtapwi.com. Joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with our show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams got engaged over the weekend. It's something the player himself shared on Instagram, proposing on a beach in the Bahamas to his new fiancée. So congratulations goes out to Adams, and from a Packer fan perspective, there wasn't a more perfect time to do it. During the offseason when there's nothing else going on, it was the perfect time for big life moments. So the distraction comes now and not during the football season. So best of luck to Devontae Adams and his relationship. I think that happened on Friday. I think that's when I saw it posted. It was posted on Instagram. Uh, so it has been a few days now since that lapse. But this is our first episode, opportunity to talk about it on this episode of Railbird Central since our last episode. But to give my own two cents on the Packers secondary, you know, just just thoughts in general about the Packers secondary. I predicted big things for the Packers defensive backs last year, 2016. Suffice to say, 
That didn't happen. Uh, not only were they not good, they were arguably the worst position group on the entire Packers roster, offense, defense combined. And it really stumped me. Uh, I mean, certainly there were injury concerns for this group, about with the exception of HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, pretty much everybody, you know, suffered an injury, at least among the starters, you, you know, from, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Uh, I know Morgan Burnett early in the year was injured and then, you know, kind of stayed healthy toward the the, the end stretch of the season, which was good. Uh, but then, of course, you know, among the cornerbacks, Sam Shields, you know, goes out in week two and is, is now gone for the rest of his career, at least with the Green Bay Packers, or at least for the time being. I don't think he's officially retired, but, you know, with his concussion history, it's going to be tough to see him coming back to the NFL with the Packers or anybody else. Uh, Demarius Randall, of course, underwent the the groin issues and surgery, and, and same with Quentin Rounds. They both dealt with injuries during the 2016 season, and I do think that had a big impact on this position group and maybe part of the reason we didn't see it live up to its billing or its ex- expectations in 2016. And I'm hoping that maybe I was just a year premature. Um, and, and, you know, one of the biggest guys we can point to is Demarius Randall. And I really do think the the move inside to slot cornerback is going to fit him because uh, I, I'm such a big fan of Demarius Randall, and, and I agree he played poor last year, and he's got a lot to learn. It, it's been, you know, made of, this has been mentioned many times how, you know, and, and not just by me, by others smarter than me, and you've probably seen this, you know, posted on social media or read in newspaper articles, wherever, Demarius Randall just doesn't look set in you know when the play is about to start uh his his feet aren't set he isn't looking at the receiver he's I don't know he's he's moving around he's looking at what others are doing he's you know trying to find his footing or tr- find the proper space to get lined up in and is is just sometimes out of position and just not ready and is that step slow and you can't be a step slow in the NFL, and you saw him got beat a lot. But if you simply look at Demarius Randall's highlights from the, I, I know, I know it's it's dangerous just to look at a player's highlights and only his highlights and and look at the good and not the bad. But if you look at Demarius Randall's highlights in the NFL, they are so good. You know, there he comes has come up with so many big-time interceptions and breakups and tackles. And you just you you see the talent exude from him. He's got the talent. He's got the speed. He's just got to put it all together. You know, I, I don't think he's, like, lacking for speed in that, oh, he we're going to constantly see him get beat all the time just because he can't stick up with players. I think he can. He just needs to be in that proper position at first to do it. And then on top of that, you know, Demarius Randall, we we know he was a safety in college at Arizona State. 
When I watched his college film, I didn't see a player who was afraid of hitting. Uh, and, and I don't think he is, but what I think we saw out of Randall this past season is you saw him slide off tackles. It, it was one of those situations where he'll go for the legs and you see all too often in the NFL, you know, they go for the hit, they don't wrap up and then they just slide off. Well, you know, I, I think he can hit, but he's going to have to wrap up. <laughs> it, it's just going to have to happen, you know. Maybe it's just that difference from college to the NFL where players are that much bigger, stronger, faster. And if you don't wrap up, these guys are talented enough and have enough balance and athleticism that they're not going to go down. You're going to have to make them go down. You're going to have to drag them down if need be. I I think Demarius Randall. I don't think he's scared. He's timid. You know, uh, he just uses poor form and poor judgment a lot of times, and he's got to get that through his head that it's just not going to cut it uh, at this level. So I, I'm thinking, you know, move him into. I think that's where he fits. I would like to think he's the type of player that can play both outside and inside. But, hey, if he's just an inside-only player, so be it. I will let the 2017 season play itself out to determine whether he can play outside or not. Um, I don't know what exactly the Packers have planned for the season. They kind of seem like they're moving away from Demarius Randall playing on the outside unless it's an emergency-type situation. But in today's you know NFL you know, that they need pretty much strictly inside players in those nickel and dime situations that they're in so often. You know, it it isn't often the Packers are without five defensive backs on the field. You know, rarely do they have only four. It's usually five or six or more, uh, you know, um, and it be becoming more and more if a, if a linebacker is replacing uh, is replaced by a safety on the field, as it looks like it's happening, you know, with within the Green Bay Packers defense. So. I'm expecting better things out of Demarius Randall this year. It seems as if the Packers' defense and Dom Capers is becoming increasingly flexible to this idea of a safety kind of playing a hybrid linebacker role. We saw it last year with Morgan Burnett, and then we saw him double down on it with Josh Jones in the NFL draft this year. I think those guys are going to play even more take more snaps from the inside linebackers, which, you know, you see so often these guys just don't have the speed to keep up with wide receivers in the NFL. We we saw it time after, and not just wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, whatever. We saw it time after time with A.J. Hawk just didn't have the speed. And we see it again with, with Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez and that they just they don't have that speed. That's not to say there isn't a spot for them on the field, and not to say that they can't, you know, succeed from time to time in the passing game. But by and large, and especially when it's an obvious passing down, these guys, you know, just can't, you know, hang with the faster, bigger, faster receivers that they have to cover and there's ways you can mask that you know scheme being one of them in that you're taking at least one if not two linebackers off the field or two I mean you're asking them to guard the slowest 
players there are, hopefully. Um, so, I mean, there are ways you can mask that. But, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, the, the role for Morgan Burnett and Josh Jones is only going to grow. Uh, really like what we saw out of a guy like Kentro Bryce, who may be playing a bigger role in 2016. And I think HaHa Clint Dix, as I said earlier, I think he's got one more step to take. Uh, as far as playing the run is concerned with HaHa Clint Dix, I think he's, that's the area he's improved the most over the course of his NFL career thus far. That was his biggest weakness as a rookie in that he would miss so many tackles in the run game. And, you know, he would just just dip that head and miss. Uh, and, you know, uh, he learned a lesson. And HaHa Clint Dix has become better at that. And, and the one thing I think he's still got to do is become a playmaker on the football. And we started to see, see that as he had five interceptions, a career high this past year. But still, some of those interceptions tend to find him, and it's not him finding the football. It'll just be an overthrown pass that HaHa Clinton Dix intercepts. And, and certainly, you have to take advantage of those, no doubt. But those, those kind of plays should be gimmies, it's where it's what I want to see is Ha Ha Clindix break on the football. And I think we saw that a time or two this past season. And now you just want to see it happen a little more to to put Ha Ha Clindix in that top tier of safeties in the NFL. Right now, he's probably, can, you know, he's like the Pro Bowl backup right now. Uh, he, he's not among those guys who you consider like the starters in the Pro Bowl. He's kind of the backup. So he's got just that one step to take to kind of be considered like a, a you know, first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowl starter, and then Clinton Dix will be considered among the best in the NFL. And then finally here, you know, to get to, to Kevin King, the rookie the Packers invested so much into during the NFL draft, um, I kind of, you know, got into this with Charlie early in the show here about what to expect out of Kevin King and is he going to be ready or not? Because, it, you know, people just simply look at the schedule and they see, oh, especially the two big wide receivers the Packers going to face early in the year, Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons in week two and A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals in week three two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And not only are they two of the best, they're two of the biggest, two of those big type of wide receivers that, that really create matchup problems. And and that's why the Packers went and got a big cornerback as they see the way the game is trending. And if you got a guy who's big and fast to guard them, well, you're that much better off. And with Kevin King, you know, he missed a lot of the off season program, obviously, you know, I don't know how ready he's going to be. My approach to this, and one I think fans should take as well, just let training camp kind of figure things out and see where Kevin King fits in. I don't think it's necessary to have him be in the starting lineup week one. I think he's got to earn it. The good thing is, for week one, uh, again, barring injury here, you know, this is why the Packers got Devon House in the offseason. 
if if Kevin King isn't ready yet, well, I think they can live with Devon House guarding these taller guys early in the season, you know, guarding the Julio Joneses and the AJ Greens in the first couple weeks of the year. And if Kevin King isn't ready, he isn't ready. Maybe he's just playing a backup. Maybe he's playing special teams. Maybe he's even on the inactive list. I would hope he's not on the inactive list. But if if necessary, you know, let the let training camp, let the preseason, the exhibition season determine that if he is ready or not. If he's not ready, that's fine. He doesn't have to be on the field guarding this guy, these guys if Julio Jones is just going to simply eat him up. You know, there's no you if, if we see during the preseason that Kevin King isn't ready, there's no reason to bang your head against a wall and put him out there against Julio Jones just because he's tall. You know, that, that, that Devon House can handle that. He's a veteran. He's done it before. He's healthy for right now. And that's a good thing. So let the preseason play itself out. And, and hey, if Kevin King proves beyond a doubt that he is ready, by all means, put him out there. If he shows during the preseason that he's intercepting footballs, that he is an absolute first-round talent that, that kind of proved his position in the draft, then fine, put him out there. But let training camp determine that we we haven't seen enough from Kevin King yet we we got a glimpse of him during mini camp uh but you we missed three weeks of him during OTAs so we have yet to see enough from Kevin King and even toward toward the end of mini camp that last day they hardly did anything so there, there's a lot he's got to prove and uh in about Two, three weeks here is about when he's going to start to prove it. All right, finally, let's end with this. The day ahead. We're going to actually make this the day behind. Uh, I don't have anything on the Packers calendar over the next 24, 48 hours that I see is going to happen <laughs> because the, right around the, the, the weekend following the 4th of July, Independence Day, as I've said, the slowest time of the NFL calendar is everybody in the NFL from the players, the front office to the media covering it is taking vacation. So there's very little happening uh, that's reported on. Uh, so we're going to take a look behind us and what happened yesterday, actually. Just wanted to make brief mention of this, not make a big deal out of it, but the official golf course of the Green Bay Packers, this is a sponsorship thing, but uh, the official golf course of the Green Bay Packers hosted an LPGA Tour event this past weekend that was the inaugural Thornberry Creek LPGA, LPGA Classic in nearby Oneida, Wisconsin. And perhaps you saw on either the television coverage uh, on the Golf Channel or... Um, or, or on social media, the Packers logo was painted onto the course and prominently displayed. And obviously that it caught the attention of television cameras and, and cameras that people had on their cell phones or things like that. And it was just a nice little bit of cross promotion, both for the Packers and the LPGA. Uh, Catherine King won the event this past Sunday and 
Hopefully the inaugural event was considered a success and the LPGA keeps coming back to the Green Bay area. I just think having, you know, other events that that are in the area just kind of, you know, it's the rising tide that lifts all ships and and just kind of helps helps out the Green Bay Packers from a tourism perspective. Heck, they're now owning hotels on their own Titletown district lands and and that's only, you know, keeping fans in the area and you know, serving them and, and having them come and, and just, you know, the broader sense of, you know, money being spent in the community and the Packers, I think only benefit from that. So I just wanted to point that out and, uh, nothing at the, the event ended on Sunday, but, uh, you may read, you know, reviews today in the media about the event now that it is officially over. So, that's all I got. Uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday, folks, so make sure to tune in then as we continue our position-by-position position preview series. Um, we'll talk some more Packers football. Thank you to Charlie Trichler once again for being the guest on our show today, and uh, we'll see you just two more days from now. So on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou, and... Once again, I should say, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called The Place That I Call Home by the infamous String Dusters on Psy Fidelity Records. See you, everyone. Go Pack Go.